Ladies and gentlemen, build your home in a granite cave, follow the telegraph wire to a mysterious volcanic grotto, and uncover shocking revelations about the life of a famously antisocial undersea captain. Because it's time to talk tall to me. <laughs> Bubbles yeah. for the underwater. Yeah. <laughs> Unsettling. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Moans. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A mission of survival on the deserted island that is Prague Rock from the early. Moments of learning to start a fire by rubbing two jazz records together to the more evolved situation of capturing wild bassists to milk them for your supper, all the way through to learning how to harness the electrical power of the flute gods themselves. Don't, don't forget killing your first drummer. That's, that's a special time for everyone. Oh, yeah. Well, he had the most meat on him. That's right. This is your survival guide for the island of Jethro Tull. Song by song, week by week, we will tick off another episode. On, and another listener. On the log where we chart how long we've been here until help finally arrives. You get a tick off, like make angry. Ah, that's uh, <laughs> very, very linguistically clever, Nick. Uh, that's, I've been called worse. <laughs> Before we get into things this week, Omen, mm-hmm. we have a little uh, a little housekeeping, which we haven't had in a while. That's true. The house is filthy. Yeah, Mary is here remotely, so everything is safe. Social distancing. She's quarantined. We're quarantined. It's okay. I'm sending in the robots to clean the living room now. It's a... Uh... It's it's just a it's just a Cuisinart on a remote control car. I don't know. Yeah, with a with a broom stuck in the top of it. Yeah, and it's pointing up. It's like it doesn't. Touch it doesn't anything. clean anything. Yeah, it really it makes it just gets wood chips all over. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Well, that's why I didn't give her my address. That's. <laughs> so yes, Nick, we have a. Little bit of feedback from a listener. Always excited, always appreciated to to get some some words back out of the ether. We love it when the void yells back at us. Yeah, to to know that we're not just talking. I wouldn't say on empty ears, but not on the the four established ears that we know we have. Yes, sometimes the sometimes the void just yells back. Keep it down up there. Some <laughs> of us are trying to sleep. It's like cranky. Cranky, early early to bed void. Yeah, yep. Sir, sensors have detected another star in the sky. Dear Lord, that's five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. So, Nick, here we have a, a five-star review, although it does say four and a half stars rounded up. What? <laughs> we'll take it. 
the title of the review. I I mean, if we're doing averages, it's it still gives us the five. I, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. And this little uh, review comes from Chris S. All the way from jolly old England. Across the pond. Shall I do a silly British accent, Nick? Omen, I... I cannot make that decision for you, and I will be no part of it, but I cannot stop you. <laughs> Loud and clear. <laughs> At the ripe young age of 39, I missed many a toll milestone, tollstone, due to a difficult but common condition known as pre-birth. With clear and informed guidance from my father, Kevin, I quickly became a young Tolster and a fan of the fine works already laid down in history. Having fallen in love with punk, ska-punk, skate-punk, street-punk, and reggae through my teens and to the present. Going up the pool every August to the world's best punk festival that is Rebellion... I've still always found time to keep up with Tull and enjoy life. Most recently at my local cathedral in Ripon, where JT in the current incarnation played a rousing Christmas concert for the benefit of said, of said cathedral and all us souls crammed in. Thinking I knew a fair bit about the songs I've listened to and whistled along to, I now find myself listening to these two modern-day minstrels preaching the good word and shedding more than a rose-fingered light on each tune and delivering what is, quite simply, a podcast talking about the songs of Jethro Tull. Never has there been a more succinct and accurate description of our podcast. It is simply a podcast talking about the songs of Jethro Tull Thank you, Chris S. Does what it says on the tin. It does what it says on the tin. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Thank you for those five stars and those fiercely average reviews. <laughs> and and you know what? I will strive to be just as banal as we've been thus far. Yeah. We thank will you. stand upon the mountaintop of mediocrity and shout, Meh! No, half halfway up the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what else do we have coming through the flap? Well, I think that it is high time, as we've only two more episodes left for Thick as a Brick. Yes. We promised that we would talk about the the album artwork. And Nick, we always keep some of our promises. I always mostly keep a portion of my promises. That's right. So, yes, this artwork. We've said previously that it took as long to create the artwork as it did to record the album. And yeah. if, you, if you're familiar with the artwork, you can see why. The original vinyl artwork itself, not un unfortunately, you just can't get that experience with like a CD or even digital. It's, That's right. Did, have you... Did you ever have the original vinyl omen? Have you ever seen it at least, like held it in person? Perhaps. I, I certainly have never owned this album in person. I think that I have seen it. It's. I didn't appreciate it when I had it as a kid. Well, when I had my dad's as a kid. Yeah. But it's, it's really cool. One never does appreciate the things one has as a child. That's true. Youth. That's very true. 
knees that don't crack when you walk. Oh gosh, a good a good lower back. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. yearn for those. Oh, a non-terrible shoulder. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> go go weep for a minute. And so it is a twelve-page newspaper. It's really amazing. It is the Saint Cleve Chronicle and Linwell Advertiser. And it was put together by, it came out of the minds of Ian and company. And here's a little, a little quote right from Ian. For whatever insane reason, and who knows where our heads were at the time, the idea developed of not just having an ordinary or even an elaborate sleeve, but to have a newspaper. Mm. And one that reflected the style and approach of the local newspapers back then. To be frank, if we'd known how much work was going to be involved, then maybe we'd have thought twice, and then twice more, before committing ourselves to such a mammoth task. So it was a a 12-page paper. They had all of your standard stuff in there. They had a sports section, a crossword puzzle, a children's section that had a dot-to-dot that when connected, I believe it was a naked lady, like a duck, like drooling over a naked lady. Yeah, it was really weird. They had TV listings, classified adverts. Everything came out of the tall team's head. My understanding is that Mr. Hammond Hammond was pretty instrumental in the writing of these articles. Oh, was he? That's what I recall reading, yes. He he came in with a lot, it feels like. He 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 basically he he had to prove that he wasn't just Ian's best buddy. Sure. That he sang about three times. All of the pictures in there wasn't necessarily everyone from the band, but they were carefully elaborate and posed with basically anyone who was around. So sound people, uh, a stranger passing by, they, they picked everyone they could to fill into this newspaper. The mechanical mind behind the whole thing was the press officer for Tull at the time, for Chrysalis, really, was Roy Eldridge. And he actually worked in a local paper before he worked for Chrysalis. That's why they really they really picked him for it. But according to him, it was just just two weeks of exhaustion because they worked on it after hours after the music for the band and after his other stuff, whatever the, the, the press officer does right during the day. So in, in those off hours, he would go down to the studio and, and pick their brains and they'd work it. And he was the one who ran all of the tests for the different levels of paper because the, wow. the outside had to be that a stiffer cardboard but the inside had to be a sturdy enough paper that it wasn't going to fall apart after you folded it a couple of times, but be thin enough that 12 pages or six pieces of paper would be able to be folded and sit on a shelf. Right. Nick, I just want to read one of the self-referential articles, article first sentences that's in the paper. I believe this is on page three of the St. Cleve Chronicle. Major Beat Group records Gerald's poem. The poem, which Little Milton wrote eight months ago, was read soon after it appeared in a popular magazine for boys by none other than the one-legged pop flautist Ian Anderson. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very self-aware. 
It's very tongue in cheek. It's they they attribute before they even did the tour, obviously for thick as a brick. They they attributed a lot of the that that comedy styling in the writing to to Python as well, or to being inspired by their their use of comedy. Right. So if you haven't seen it, if you're a young whippersnapper like Chris S. and may not have seen this this vinyl, do yourself a favor and and look it up. If you're really lucky, you can find it in a vinyl, in a an actual record store. It's it's it really is super impressive to see and to think about all of the work that went into it. Yeah, it's really incredible. There is there are some PDFs online. Some of them are probably better quality than the one I found, but you can. You can have a you can have a browse through it. You know, it's so dense. It's not it's not like yeah. a picture. You know, it's it's just solid text everywhere yeah. you look. Yep, yep. It's co- co- those those long thin running columns. Yeah, yeah. It's for for those of you too young to realize, newspapers are thi- are pieces of paper that were delivered. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Omen, you pr- you you post millennial you. <laughs> and I, I, that's all I have on the cover. If you want to dive into the track itself, Omen, what do you think? Yes, uh, let us let us put on our bathing caps and shave our legs and dive in. I prefer just just completely nude and hairy, to be honest. So y- you know, whatever um, whatever you feel comfortable with, Nick. That sounds like a a, a terrible film noir detective story nude and hairy completely nude and hairy yeah oh the adventures of completely nude and hairy yeah yeah that (laughs) so nick this is this is our second to last section it is thick as a brick and what are we what are we calling this section this is the this is tales of your life the next five and a half minutes on the album so this is let's see six this is 12 and a half minutes in it's five minutes, 24 seconds, Tales of Your Life. Let's have a listen. Let us. Goodness me, Nick. Boy, howdy. That's a, that's a lively one. After the dirge of last week, this really <laughs> yeah. wakes you up. Yeah, which really which really kind of hammers home the the complaint, I guess for lack of a better term, or or just the commentary that this this side is a bit more disjointed in terms of fitting together and and a general flow you know i i recognize that that is an opinion that people have but i i don't necessarily share it i feel like this side is dynamic and you know maybe it's not as well composed as a whole as the first side but i think that it's it's still very exciting man this this section is so rousing yeah yeah it's I'm, I'm roused, Nick. 
If um, if if you remain roused for more than an hour, please consult a doctor. Oh my goodness. Or is it four hours? I, I wouldn't know, Nick. I don't remember. <laughs> I haven't been roused in years. Oh my. Uh, so yeah, this... I love I love the manicness of this section. Mm. And not trying to look ahead too much, but knowing how it goes into that the very last section to wind up the whole album. It's a very drastic change. Yes. Well, this to me really feels combative and mm. cl- climactic in a, in a way, you know, especially especially where it's coming from with the rest of the the B side moving toward this moment and kind of exploding, especially, you know, with the the last 5 minutes that we heard last week being so slow and so interior and contemplative yeah this really busts it all down i like i i like the term climactic that feels if if we're looking this as an overall cinematic experience or just a story experience this is this is this is super climatic climactic 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 this is super climactic you're right Mm, mm -hmm. i like it it's it feels like everything that we've We've heard and and all of the characters that we've seen, it's all kind of coming to a head. And they exactly that's that's just what I was going to say. I wrote down the word gladiatorial. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's almost like you've established all these different personalities, all these different concepts, and now you're going to throw them into a pit and see who comes out alive. Yeah, it it do, it does feel like there's a lot on the line here. And we've got wise men, we've got fathers, sons, we've got sons, fools. Oh, fools, yep. Now, Nick, I know that normally we would um, straight straight to the point talk about the music, but I wonder if we can actually change our format a little bit for this section and, and talk about some of the themes since we're already going in that direction. Yeah, honestly... All I would say about the music anyway is just rock and flute and rock and organ, and that's it. <laughs> There's one or two other things worth mentioning, but let's circle back to them. Um, <laughs> yeah. It is good music. So, so again, this is this section it, we've, we have called Tales of Your Life. Right. And we see that with the first line of the first stanza here. Yeah. I want to jump ahead to something that that as I was listening to this and reading along with the the lyrics I was sort of baffled for a little bit and then there was a there was a line that really stood out to me and I'd like to start kind of in the middle okay sure at the end of the second stanza of this section that starts with so come all young men who are building castles kindly say the time of the year Uh-huh. The last line okay. of it is, let me make you a present of song as the wise man breaks wind and is gone while the fool with the hourglass is cooking his goose and the nursery rhyme winds along. Well, let me make you a present of song as the wise man breaks wind and is gone while the fool with the hourglass is cooking his goose and the nursery 
So, Nick, we've we've had this whole album, this dualistic presentation, really the entire time. We've had the wise man and the fool, the poet and the and the painter. Soldier. Yeah, the poet and the soldier. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Son and father. The son and the father. The the modern life and then the old times. The mm-hmm. you know, there are all these dualities. And now suddenly I think that the veneer of Gerald Bostock wears a little thin and Ian Anderson mm. pokes his nose through because here we actually have a third path. Your 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 Ian is showing, Gerald. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let me make you a present of song. Now that's a sort of a concept that we've heard a couple of times before and we yeah. we will continue to hear many times through the years. The figure of of the one-legged flautist as the as the Pied Piper sort of thing. I, yeah, Ian being the minstrel. Exactly. Yeah. And and so we have Let Me Make You a Present of Song, While the Wise Men Breaks Wind and Is Gone, While the Fool with the Hourglass is Cooking His Goose. So we've we've established here's what the wise man is doing, he is useless, here's what the fool is doing, equally useless, and in the yeah. middle of it all, I'm making you the present of song, I'm offering a third path. Yeah. For me, that's a really telling moment of this, and I think that I, I think that for me it sort of acts as a key to unlock the rest of this section. Okay. So so you're saying that that is the what is the that's the cipher to the rest of this this song? Possibly, maybe the rest of this maybe, portion at least. Yes, and and maybe maybe it's not intentional, but there's a stylistical change here. You know, he we're now having the 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 singer as the character, whereas in the first in the first section we don't really have that. In the, in the, in yeah, the first it, part of the album, we don't really have that. It was very easy to to process it under the assumption that oh, this is quote-unquote Gerald Bostock as our narrator. So it's the, a character of a character. Right. It was kind of Ian thrice removed and twice removed. And and you're right, it kind of, those those layers kind of got peeled away in, in the, the rough scratching of this vinyl, of, of the aggression that this song has of, has kind of culminated in. Right. And now it's just it's just him poking his head through a broken door saying here's Ian. Or is it, you know, that the the character, the speaker of this of this ballad, of this ancient rhyme has gone through this journey and you know in the previous section has gone to the underworld and we've had that whole spiritual going inward section and now they have emerged in their fully expressed form which is that of the minstrel. Let me tell you the tales of your life. You know, not only, you know, that in the beginning, it's just the the speaker is just expressing their own remove from the world, and mm-hmm. and there's no purpose to that existence except that they are they exist in a way that they don't fit in anywhere. And now they've gone through this process, and now they have a purpose, which is to. Tell the tale to sing the song. Hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, I like that. So, so it it could it, it could very well still be Ian as Gerald as the narrator. Sure. And and it it could almost be. It's it's a it's it's an it, an epic hyperbolic exaggeration of how Ian became what he is. Right. Like, this is this is my story. Yeah. Loosely based on the life of Ian Anderson, you know. Right. If this were like a made for TV movie. Right. Life says you can choose this path or you can choose this other path. And Ian says, No, thank you. I will do this third thing that you didn't offer me as an option. Yeah. And, you know, of course in typical fashion he goes on to satirize everything around him. I mean, I, I think it's very yeah. telling how he has the the wise man breaking wind, and then he also has the pick up your dead as the sins of the father are fed with the blood of the fools and the thoughts of the wise from the pan under your bed. He's, you know. Yeah. Let me help you to pick up your dead as the sins of the fathers are fed with the blood of the fools and the thoughts of the I didn't know that line existed until actually reading it. Yeah. And that's that's a really good line. He's saying that's a really really good line. All of your efforts and all of your identities and and intelligence or or work is all is all basically piss. Can I say piss? Yeah. Can I say piss on the podcast? Now? I think you can. Yeah. Piss. Ev- everything that you've spent your time on, everything that you you value or or think is the right decision it's whether you're a wise man or my father who's worked his life away it's all it's all garbage it all ends it's all, up in the it's all waste yeah yeah so why not do something you want to do like paint or be a poet yeah or say a nursery rhyme i mean it's or say a nursery rhyme that's sort of the the interesting comparison that that gets implied there at the end yeah and that 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 is, to me is is that's more self-awareness. I think that is in reference to all of this. This is that nursery rhyme. Absolutely. But also, you it's know, just the, a, the... a lot starker than we're used to. Yeah. But it's, a, it's an interesting comparison as well, because he's putting up these things. He's setting all these things up. You know, the, the thoughts of the wise man, the, the looks of the fool with his looking glass, the castles that the young men are building and putting them up against a nursery rhyme which, you know, you might think is insubstantial, but at the end of the day, time will ravage castles and destroy someone's looks and mm-hmm. obliterate the works of the wise, but but kids still sing Ring Around the Rosie in the playground. Yeah. So there's there's a sense of the that that nonsense being eternal, more eternal than, than anything else. Right. It kind of, it makes you think of Particularly with the whole the father and the wise man thing, it makes me think of just being aware of priorities and 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 what you should be doing with your life. And honestly, I believe that that if you could genuinely say to Ian, like, yes, I want to be a soldier or I want to be run a boiler fluid company he would be like good on you you do that you go farm your salmon that's great uh, sure but it's it's more it's more it's more the commentary on people falling into line and doing the things they're supposed to do because that's what they're supposed to do 
right cultural strictures and things yeah and yeah i think this is this is kind of kind of a deus ex machina almost or or just a the twist in the end that you never mm. saw coming because we he has set everything up to be these opposing forces and then boom out of nowhere we have this this other option that just wipes the slate clean and says it was all for nothing right which of course it was because the whole song is a bit of a joke yeah you know and and going back to something which we've talked about before which is ian's you know on a good day distrust of on a bad day complete (laughs) scorn for organized religion there's this sense of you know the, the narrative that is often peddled with religion is is good versus evil sure yeah, bl- black and white, there there are diametric poles. Right. Yeah. Either you are faithful and you ascend, or you are a sinner and you go to heck. Can I say heck can on I, this podcast? Can I say heck on this podcast? And and a lot of the a lot of the text, especially on this side, I think is set up not exactly in those terms, but set up kind of parallel to to those terms you know it's not it's not quite so black and white it's a bit but you know but even even in this you have the desire to kill or be killed let me sing of the losers who mm-hmm. lie in the street as the last bus goes by you know winners and losers the kill the killing or the killed the the oppressors and the oppressed yeah the, uh, while the fool toasts his god in the sky i mean it's right there And he then rejects all of that by yeah. by taking on his minstrel persona. And Nick, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I think there's a tasty apple out there. You be careful. Whoa! I never mind. It was a bird egg. It was, <laughs> it was a balloon. <laughs> there's almost something symbolic about the image of Ian Anderson standing on one foot because he's struck mm. a balance standing on a piece of ground which is too thin to be categorized into this side or that side. Hmm. I would like to know when he first started doing that, I wonder when that that came about. And I know he's he's had various explanations as to why he did it, but Do you recall what some of them are? Not a one. <laughs> <laughs> but I I do like some people have posed like it's oh it's a yoga thing and it's and he's he's shot that down. Yeah, that. he doesn't seem to me like the guy like the kind of guy who was doing a lot of yoga in the 1970s. Yeah. But I, I wonder if it was a conscious decision. I wonder if it was a an image thing that he really wanted to push for that that reason that you you came up with for something like that, as opposed to just as if he wasn't quirky enough being the lead singer slash flautist for a rock band 
he's now going to stand on one leg, you know, like. Or was it conscious? I, I feel like there'd be more behind it. I, I don't know. I mean, a very wise and frustrating professor of mine once told me that if you push far enough in any direction, you will arrive at the classics, at, at things which are which are archetypical, archetypal, archetypical. Okay. Yep. You know, so you can go if you go really, really far in any extreme direction in terms of in terms of performance or imagery or, or poetry, you will arrive at not exactly something that somebody's already done before, but something which is is iconic and and fundamental to humanity. And I wonder if Ian was just following an impulse with performing and thinking, you know, oh, how can I make this more extreme? How can I make this more extreme? Uh, wow, this feels cool. And then suddenly, bam, there we have that image. And I know that there is, yeah, I think an, I think an Indian god, like an East Indian god, who is a, mm. a who is always depicted as standing on one leg playing the flute. Really, I believe so. Yeah, this may be one of the things that I'm not just making up, Nick. I can never tell with you. <laughs> I know. Me neither. But uh, oh, Shiva stands on one leg. But but he don't play the flute, or do he? Ekapada is a one-footed aspect of the Hindu god of Shiva. Okay, we're halfway but there. But I, no, I don't see. I don't see flute. Nope, we're still living on a prayer. <sighs> oh God. No. <laughs> no Banyovi in this podcast. <laughs> So, so the the official explanation is that he used to stand on one leg while playing the harmonica because he would hold the mic stand with the other leg for balance. Okay. Yeah, kind of holding it all there. So when he started doing the flute, it just kind of came about the same Seems thing. Seems like he could have just put the other leg on the floor if he wanted balance. Yeah, yeah. It's not like he was knocking over the microphone stand so he was holding it with his leg it was oh i need to balance because my my foot is off the ground there's the other so i will do that there is the other theory of course that i've heard which which was that his maternal grandmother was a flamingo in that article it said, he referred to himself as a deranged flamingo oh does he so, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny well whatever the reason it is it presents a striking an iconic form. Yeah, I mean, look at probably upwards of fifty percent of all of the the Jethro Tull images. It is the silhouette right. of him standing right. on that one leg with the flute, and it's a great image. Of course, because it's immediately recognizable. Yeah. It's it's just. I mean, I'm looking at it right now on the the Jethro Tull magazine, and it's just. It's amazing the the hair the the flowing cloak the the boots I mean it's clearly a an Ian Anderson from 40 50 years ago mm. but still I'm looking at it right now in my mind Yeah it's beautiful but it's 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 squat it's like a little stump <laughs> <laughs> Got to turn down the gain on my brain the, the brain gain <laughs> So yep Nick anything else that we want to talk about Regarding this song, I just want to go to the very last stanza, and the whole thing is very naturey, which kind of pulls me back to the 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 oh, what was it called in that that paragraph? 
the the Lord of the Hills, mm, that kind of yeah. druidic feel. Yes. So the, even that gives us some closure for the Lord of the Hills sure. with summer lightning and a specific time of the year, things like that. I love the imagery of lightning is about to strike you. Are you going to put on a suit of metal armor to protect yourself? <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. The fool the fool stands in his suit of armor and the wiser man who rushes clear. So we still have the fool and the wise man, but in that in that instance, the wise man is actually making a good decision. Well, I think it's interesting that it's the wiser man, not not mm. a capital W wise man. Yes, but a I was that's what I was going to say. Yeah, a less of an idiot. Yeah, it's not it's not the proper noun wise man character that we right. have that we have known so well throughout this song. Just musically, there are a couple things that I want to direct our attention toward, just because I think they are delightful. Oh yeah, we we covered it. Uh, organ and flute. Oh, that's are right. Great. That's right. <laughs> just, just two things on the percussion side. Some lovely triangle work. The triangle oh. is earning its red on this section. <laughs> Ding. 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 <laughs> I want to give Barrymore Barlow ten points for his use of the timpani. He's, oh man, he's, what a, what a hell of an album to really start on for this one. Like, so good. Yeah. And, and also this section has more dynamics than any other section I think that we've heard before. It really, hmm. it really drops into the, the very, very, very quiet and then ramps up to loud and then drops back into quiet and then, and then it's quiet, but then the timidity comes in. I mean, it's really, it's really jumping back and forth between, between piano and fortissimo um, in a way that's very exciting and engaging. And, and it really helps that that the the loud and fast side of the spectrum is so extreme. Oh, yes. Too. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And join your voices in the hellish chorus Mark the precise nature of your feet See the summer lightning cast the bolts upon On that note, Nick? <laughs> yes. Omen. To what do we have the pleasure of looking forward toward listening to us talk tall about next week? I'm going to diagram that sentence. I'll be back in <laughs> half an hour. Next week is the final three minutes off of the entire album. Yee. It is the Childhood Heroes reprise. So really, we're just going to rebroadcast our episode from a couple weeks back, right? Yeah, let's see. That would have been on 421. You curl your toes in fun, Childhood Heroes, and Stab's Instrumental. Oh, that was the end of side one, uh -huh. actually. And actually, I now that we're, we're talking about, now that I've brought up Stab's Instrumental, yeah. incidentally. You always bring up the past, I, Nick. Stabs instrumental. It's not possessive, stab possessive. It's stabs as in multiple, like I will stab multiple times. 
Oh. Stabs instrumental because it's da da da. Oh, the stabs da, instrumental. Da, da. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I was wondering, like, who is Stab? I know it. It it did not click until like probably a week after I edited the episode, yeah. and I was like, "Oh crap! I got to bring this." You up know what now. we can? And I kept forgetting. You know what we can always rely on, Ian Anderson for Nick. What's that? Proper grammar, salmon. Well, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Th- these are his named tracks, you know. So I don't know who presented the name Stabs Instrumental. No. But yes, we can. Yeah. We can. We can because he uses he uses whom in this album, and in a very conscientious and appropriate manner. <laughs> mm. That Ian Anderson is such a good boy. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I shall give him a biscuit. <laughs> so. Until next week's Childhood Heroes reprise, the end of Thick as a Brick, I want you to go to Apple Podcasts Mm. and tell the listeners the tales of your life of listening to Talk Tall to Me. (laughs) That's great, Nick. Yeah. I don't know how. You're you're up on next week because I don't know how we're going to do it. (laughs) Until (laughs) half a fortnight from now. I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. We are Feckless Moms. And this is Talk Tall to Me. Uh, Omen, I've been, I've gotten a couple of, of letters and emails. Um, yeah, yeah. Here's what's what's. Uh, I'm gonna take this one up on top, and let's yeah, see. Yeah, it's it's about your your language usage. Oh my god. Yeah, we got a lot of complaints about heck. Um, I've I've never I've never flipping seen anything like this. Thank God we're not recording this. Gee whiz, Nick. <sighs> this minute. really yanks my bracelet. I. I don't blush often or easily, and and I'm I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. I'm madder than a pig on a diet. <laughs> I think I think we need to to work on your anger management and and make it conscientious choices of of language. Listen, you lollipop. When I We're... tell you that talk tall to me is a heckin' proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. I want you to open your gee whiz ear drums and listen to me about that. I I will. I I Omen, I I will put the chair down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just got excited. I know. I know. Well, it's a... I don't like to feel I don't like to feel stymied in my usage of language. I know. I'm sorry for sorry for using the word stymied. I will. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to stop. I'll just put an explicit tag on here and, and we'll be fine. I'm going to go pound, pound an apple juice. 